The word multimedia is the use of a variety of artistic or communicative media using more than one medium of expression or communication. Café is a type of establishment that serves coffee and is known as a place where information can be exchanged. The following is the audio version of the Multimedia Café. And a happy Thursday to you folks. Welcome to the Multimedia Café. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you folks for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation here at the Multimedia Café, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Boy, I noticed looking at last night's NCAA games that I was one for two. I got my first one wrong. Uh, I picked against North Dakota State, my alma mater. Uh, Coach Bull, of course, down is, at, is down in the University of Wyoming down there, uh, former North Dakota State football coach. But we're talking basketball. Where's Saul Phillips now? He went out east. I know he was in the Cleveland, Ohio area. Saul Phillips, former coach of uh, North Dakota State, when they made their Sweet 16 run. So, anywho, I picked against them, and they won last night. But Arizona State won. I picked them as well. Bobby Hurley's team beat Chris Mullins' St. John's team. So, so far in the tournament, I got one wrong. But uh, we're loosely doing the tournament here at the Multimedia Cafe. Very loosely. Probably the last time you're going to hear of it is maybe today, maybe tomorrow. Uh, and then I imagine I'll probably not care because I'll lost so many teams in it that I just won't care anymore. So that's kind of how, how we're doing it here is uh, loosely following March Madness. You don't want to get too much. I had Macho Madness once, and then it turned into Hulkamania. And, man, that took a long time to get rid of. So I don't want to get March Madness. Who knows what that's going to turn into april anarchy oh boy i'm not even sure that was a bad joke let's see what we have on today's show here let's get moving along here anytime you get a bad joke you just move on act like it never happened all right multimedia cafe special guest and topics menu for thursday march 21st 2019 sarge summers oh great name sarge summers he's with sarge's industry solutions he owns his own business well, what we talk about is the change in communication today. You know, it used to be where you'd want to go door to door and maybe you'd call somebody on the telephone. And nowadays, people want to be text. They don't want to be phone called. They certainly don't want anybody popping by. But God forbid a face-to-face interaction. But what we talk about uh, with the good Sarge is how the sales and communication methods have changed over the last 20, 30, 40, 50 years And then we talk about the sales cycle and how it's had to reinvent itself with social media and texting. Social media has really changed the dynamic of how people communicate and are perceived. I feel bad for a lot of people in social media. They live another life. You know, first of all, you live your regular life that you like to live. And then you've got your life at home because how many people are actually truly the person they really are around their spouses? Come on now. Let's be honest. Not many. So you got a second life you live. I call them silos. So you got your personal life silo. Then you got your married life, your spouse life. And then you get your work. Okay, that's a whole other one because you're a totally different person than you are in front of your spouse or when you are by yourself. And now you got the social media. And I'm not even talking about your bowling club, your hunting club, your baseball team, your softball team. 
all of these things so often you become this siloed and this compartmentalized person and social media just oh, throws a whole big I don't know I just look at it like you throw spaghetti up against the wall and whatever sticks type of thing so we're gonna take a look and keep moving on here because not much stuck on that one see how I easily transition and how we stayed on the cafe theme you know a spaghetti stick that sort of thing so Sarge Summers we talk with him a little bit in the program and then Tom Petrie, the chairman of Petrie Partners, uh, he's an investment firm offering financial advisory services to the oil and gas industry. So we talked to him a little bit about that 5,000 foot view of the industry. He's known as a heavyweight in the industry. So he's been on CNBC, Bloomberg, Fox News, PBS, Barron's. You know, he's also authored the book Following Oil, Four Decades of Cycle Testing Experience and what they foretell about U.S. energy independence. So he's, he is what's known as a heavyweight with, also, I forgot to mention, he's had advisory roles with the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia and its natural gas initiative. So he's worked up in the state of Alaska as well. Well, that's enough of his resume. I'll let uh, him speak a little bit later in the program, but Sarge Summers coming up in just a bit. And let's see what else we got. Oh, let's take a quick break. We come back. We're going to do it, folks. The Multimedia Cafe is going to begin. My name is Jason Spies, and this is the Multimedia Cafe. Here in my side, whenever you fall in the dead of night, whenever you call in, please don't fight. These hands that are holding you, and my hands are holding you. Here in my side, my hands are holding you. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts, and then you let people make up their own minds. You want someone who's competent. You don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you folks for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Well, coming up next, Sarge Summers with Sarge's Industry Solutions. It's this is Sarge Summers with Sarge's Industry Solutions. Perfect, perfect. And it's called Sarge's Run Industry Solutions. Is the name of your company? That's right. And what is that uh, company, Sarge's Industry Solutions? Well, it started out as a consulting business, but it's morphed over into more of a company where we represent uh, different customers' products and or services. Okay, I see. Are you kind of like a, a salesman then? As kind of a sales, marketing, a connector, that sort of thing? Uh, we do. We open doors. Open doors. Open doors. You, you close them too? Yeah, you know, everybody everybody loves a closer. <laughs> we, uh, I'm very good at closing. I've been uh, in sales since I was five years old, so yeah, I'm good at closing. What, now, what kind of sales did you start at five years old? You know, I started selling newspapers on the streets uh, in a small town in Oklahoma. I was one of 16 uh, members of our family, and so uh, we all started working at a, at a very early age. In my case, I was five years old. Sure. Yeah, I can relate. I was 10. I started a newspaper. 
uh, route myself. I obviously did some odd jobs before then, but in terms of uh, consistent pay, and I still attribute that to a lot to today because what that taught me at a young age was distribution. That sure. the, the newspaper industry really had a heck of a distribution system. They were going door to door just like the mailmen were. Absolutely. Yeah, and so what I did when I think I was 12, I started handing out flyers that I would cut lawns while I delivered the newspaper. And look at that, turned in multiple revenue streams by the time I was 12 years old. Now if I could only learn what I knew then, what's going on? <laughs> so, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. Actually, that's one of the reasons why I brought you on the program today is to talk about the dynamics and the changing, uh, everything that's happened in sales, especially uh, I read an article the other day where the number one preferred way for people to communicate now is text or email before they even, and phone was like a hundred to call somebody on the phone was like listed after singing it in song. So, I mean, it was, it was just almost people try not to talk or go face to face anymore. And I was wondering if this was a, that much of a growing trend in the sales world too, or if that's like just a case of millennials today or what's going on. Um, so what are you experiencing in, in your world, in terms of how people are communicating, are people picking up the phone and talking, or do they like the text and email first? Yeah, uh, obviously, email has been around for a long time, and, and we've used that. Uh, but I, I would say texting uh, is, is becoming quickly the preferred method, uh, either that or instant messaging. Uh, and, and, you know, at one time, that was considered taboo. There was no way in the world that you would send a, a text to a customer or a prospective customer, uh, but that has definitely changed over time. And, and I do a lot of texting, you know, and I'm, I'm old school, if you will. I'm 66 years old, uh, but have been in the industry now for 27 years after a, a full military career of 21 years in the Army. But, uh, yeah, texting's the way to go, I think. Mr. Sarge Summers, I'm going to ask you to hold that thought for just a moment or two. We're talking with Sarge Summers with Sarge's Industry Solutions. My name is Jason Spies. You're listening to the Multimedia Cafe. They shot without warning. I felt my lap run through my Energy Group of Belfield, North Dakota, is building the most technologically advanced oil refinery on the planet, the Davis Refinery, a project designed to achieve emission control levels the industry has never seen before. The Davis Refinery, working for North Dakota. Meridian Energy Group. Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, we continue the conversation with Sarge Summers with Sarge's Industry Solutions. So that's one of the things I've noticed is the evolution of just the whole sales call, if you will, from the old days of you know door-to-door -door sales, and then, of course, it went to phone sales. And then now it seems like... So is, it, is there texting? What are those robocalls? Is there... Uh, robo texts going on i suppose there probably is isn't there um in there, terms is, of, there is oh is there, there is. really i was being yeah. ridiculous but okay 
Yeah, no, we're starting to we're starting to see some of that as well, unfortunately. And one of the things that you didn't mention was uh, the cold calls, and uh, yeah. that doesn't that doesn't work real well these days. It used to used to be fine, and I I still do it on occasion, but but on a very rare occasion. You know, that is one thing I think a lot of people have really forgot is the art of selling and how mm-hmm. much has changed and. Nowadays, it's almost it almost seems really important to get people face to face because if you can get them face to face, there's probably a pretty good chance you can get their business these days because it's so hard to get people face to face. Absolutely, you see, <laughs> I you know I believe that the the, the phone uh, is a tool just to get the appointment, and that's that's all I use the telephone for uh, is to get the appointment, and then once I get the appointment and and I have that face to face, it just seems to work so much better. Yeah, it really does. And, of course, you've worked in the oil and gas industry and, and talk about an industry that still wants to press the flesh and you know, t- yep, and, 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 and see your eyeballs at least once a year, huh? Absolutely, and I'm still in the industry, so. Yeah, talk to me a little bit about that because, um, you know, we talked about the general sales part of it, but um, in the oil and gas industry, that whole industry has changed. The hydro- hydraulic fracturing, um, you know, horizontal drilling has made businesses rewrite their their business plan and then i talked to the saltwater guy uh yesterday and their numbers keep coming in more projected higher than they thought so that industry is still tweaking a little bit of course you got the frac sand that got competitive boy these environmental guys they're going to kill each other by the end of the day that's turning into the hatfield mccoy industry so you know what i mean it's like it's like it's the whole industry is going through these ripples of changes so i thought having a sales guy to talk a little bit about you know, we, we have to do things a little bit differently in sales now, too, would, would uh, maybe help some people out. So uh, talk to me about how, how you've approached the oil and gas industry specifically when it comes to sales over the last 10 years. Okay. Well, one of the things that one of the things that I do is I make sure that I attend all of the important, uh, you know, trade shows and or conferences across the United States, especially uh, those that are in oil and gas shell play areas uh, like West Texas, the Permian Basin, up in the Bakken, uh, the Marcellus and the Utica, uh, down in the Eagle Ford Shell, down in South Texas. And so I think it's important that what we do is stay in front of those uh, clients at all times, at all levels. And that's, that's where a lot of salespeople or business development people really miss out is they believe that they only need to call at one level in the strata, if you will, but they need to be calling at all levels because what happens is you've got, uh, you know, you've got influencers maybe at the very lowest level out there where they're drilling, you know, at the drill site where they're, where they're sputting in uh, the well. And so those individuals influence the decision uh, that the corporate folks make. I know there's different layers along the way, different levels of leadership, if you will. But it's important that we call on all the different levels and that we use all the influence that is available to us in our sphere of influence. How well do you use social media? That's how you and I connected was on social media. How's that working for somebody in the world of sales? Well, I think it works extremely well. When I first got into it about six years ago, I had a young engineer uh, that had graduated from the Air Force Academy and gone on to the University of Texas and and received his MBA. And he kept saying to me, Sarge, the way that you like to mentor young people 
uh, you need to be on LinkedIn. And I said, no, no, I don't. I said, I looked at it as being something like at that time, MySpace or Facebook. And I said, I'm not interested in that. Well, he stayed on me and I was president of the Society of American Military Engineers for the Nashville, Tennessee Post at that time. And so he finally convinced me and I got on there and I said, well, I'll just give it a test. Because what happened, there was a customer, I don't guess I'm allowed to say the name of the customer, but I had a customer in the oil and gas industry that I wanted to do some work for, but I couldn't get past the gatekeeper. And so what I did is I went ahead and got on LinkedIn and uh, got got an appointment, uh, went over to San Antonio, had the appointment, walked away with a request for quotation, and ended, ended up getting a job for over $20 million uh, up in the Bakken. And uh, trust me, from that time forward, I was uh, I was a big time believer, and now I have well over eleven thousand connections on LinkedIn. I tell you, I was the same way with LinkedIn. I <clears throat> I purposely didn't go on LinkedIn until I want to say a little over a year ago. Two thousand and eighteen was the first year mm-hmm. I was on LinkedIn. Right. And same reason, I was not a big social media guy, and you know, I went you know being in the media. A lot of times we, we had to just draw a line in the sand and figure out, okay, I'm not getting paid by anybody to do this, but yet now I got to do 50% of my day to this. This is not adding up right. And so we just kind of went off it. We did, you know, we, we made some changes because we went through a number of changes. In fact, we don't even do advertising anymore. That's how we made our change in our business model was we don't do advertising anymore. We, we, we're focused on distribution and content creation. So, yeah, and so we had to come up with something completely new, and social media really helped us. LinkedIn is what opened my eyes to that, as, as it did with you, was it was not like the other social medias. This one actually helped your business, and people wanted to be there, and uh, they wanted to use it for business reasons, not, you know, to show how their, you know, their dog's latest trick is doing which i don't mind by the way but um, you know, people people leave that off of linkedin they don't seem to put those on there but so the social media you found to be pretty pretty advantageous but the one thing that i found was that linkedin was primarily heavy on oil and gas users versus the other social media uh, platforms and sounds like you experienced the same yes yeah i took i took full advantage of that and uh, I'm really amazed sometimes at the people that uh, will respond uh, to your LinkedIn request. For example, uh, there was one gentleman who at one time was the president of one of the major uh, oil and gas companies here in the United States. And I just thought, well, you know, it won't hurt to send him an invite. And I put a little note with it and told him that I was a military veteran and that I would love to uh, connect with him on LinkedIn. And he came back and accepted that. I was shocked. It took about a month. And then uh, and then I asked him if we could meet over breakfast. It took about another month. And he came back and gave me two dates, two times, and two locations uh, for a 30-minute breakfast. And two and a half hours later, uh, we walked out of there. And uh, he told me, he said, I don't normally uh, accept invitations like this, but I just had to find out who that Sarge Summers guy was. So it uh, it works. It works. Great name. Yeah, Sar- Sarge Summers. It's right in the name. Alliteration, everything. Of course, everybody loves summer vacation. So it's just right. got, it's got sure. a good ring to it. And yeah. yeah. And we've noticed the same thing where we've, grant- we've gotten access to a lot of um, CEOs, a lot of presidents who have followed our content and subscribe to our newsletters and things like that that I don't think we would have gotten otherwise. Um, right. Agree with you at the conferences. You know, after that 2012, 2013, when the when the um, kind of the 
rock star appeal of the shale play USA kind of went down. The executives, you had to start going to the conferences to find these guys now because they were not touring anymore. You know what I mean? They That's weren't, true. Yeah. yeah, they weren't yeah. just kind of going. You mentioned you did some business up in the Bakken. Where at in the Bakken? Where are you doing business? You know, uh, Williston, uh, primarily, primarily in the Williston area. Uh, that's where we built four above-ground storage tanks, and it was over $20 million worth of work. And the project uh, took a long time, obviously went through uh, four different seasons, uh, which up there can be can be brutal, right? And uh, But it was an above-ground storage tank company that I represent. I represent, uh, you know, about 15 different companies currently. And uh, so it was one of those companies and uh, turned out to be a, a really, really uh, great project uh, for my client. Mr. Sarge Summers is going to ask you to hold that thought for one more second or two here. We're going to take a quick pause. We come back. We'll continue the conversation with Sarge Summers with Sarge's Industry Solutions. My name is Jason Spies, and you're listening to the Multimedia Cafe. Energy Group of Belfield, North Dakota, is building the most technologically advanced oil refinery on the planet, the Davis Refinery, a project designed to achieve emission control levels the industry has never seen before. The Davis Refinery, working for North Dakota. Meridian Energy Group, Inc.com. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts. And then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio. And if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you folks for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, we continue the conversation with Sarge Summers with Sarge's Industry Solutions. So what kind of, uh, by the way, Sarge Summers, Sarge's Industry Solutions, uh, primarily he's a connector, he's a door opener, he's a salesman, modern day, new, new age salesman. Uh, what, what type of, um, you know, business, I guess, do you connect? What type of clients do you serve? Just go ahead and give your, your, uh, yourself a plug for some of the things in oil and gas that you're doing. Maybe some of the clients either you need, uh, you're representing, it may or may not mention their names up to you, but all that type of thing, but just kind of give people a flavor of what that sales side of things is. Well, uh, given the opportunity, I'd, I'd love to mention some of the names of uh, some of my clients. I have uh, Caldwell Tanks out of Louisville, Kentucky, and they've been in business for about 140 years. And they do above-ground storage tanks, ASTs. I call them MITBs, which is money in the bank. And uh, so they do that. They do elevated water towers and pre-stressed concrete tanks. Uh, I have another customer out of Longview uh, called TriW Global, and they built ASME pressure uh, vessel equipment for flowback uh, out in the uh, in the upstream. 
and uh, then I have four inspection companies. Each one does something different. I have a coatings and linings company. And most of these companies that I represent are not in the Houston area, and, and hence the need for representation uh, here locally. And uh, with the, uh, with the uh, relationships that I've built uh, over the last 27 years, it's, it's pretty easy for me to get into the boardroom, get in with all of the key decision makers in order to introduce my, uh, my clients to, to them and also uh, get opportunities for projects. And so that's what I do. I go out and, and get these requests for quotations for my clients, and then they bid the work, and and then hopefully, uh, and, you know, hopefully they get uh, the majority of that work. And it's uh, it's it's something that's a little bit new. I had a president of uh, IMTT out of New Orleans. He called me early one morning, and he said, "Sarge, you're the only guy uh, that I know that's doing what you're doing in the industry." And I I corrected him just a little bit, and I said, "No, I'm the only guy doing what I'm doing the way I do it." And uh, so I started my company a little over three years ago. I was 22 days shy of my 63rd birthday, and I figured if Colonel Sanders could do it, then I could do it. Uh, the difference is he had the recipe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's about three, four years ago when I started seeing uh, the need and the shift for specific sales companies because of a lot of times, you know, if they had access to certain people or a lot of times people just didn't have the time to do some of those tedious sales uh skills that are needed and so i i've seen a couple of these companies like yours just pop up and then you know they got a handful of clients but the idea is is that you know they're basically a sales department and they're out there they're hustling you know good old charlie hustle type of a thing because surprisingly a lot of engineers are more linear thinkers they're not abstract thinkers you know especially right. especially right. engineers you know we right. we once had an engineer in our sales company he didn't sell a thing but he told us the best way to, you know, um, travel with a vehicle. If, if you go over like 250 miles, you should always rent it. And he had it down to the penny, you know, some great, some great math uh, uh, delineation, but not much in the creative department. That's for sure. So that's right well one of the things one of the things too that i would i would suggest uh, as it relates to linkedin what i do is i try to set my schedule for six weeks in advance in other words i'll say i'm going to be in west texas uh with the permian basin or the delaware basin or i'm going to be in dallas or oklahoma city or uh, the northeast or the northwest and what i'll do is i'll start i'll just plug that into my calendar and then i'll start filling my appointments six weeks in advance so i know where i'm going to be six weeks from now and so when i go on linkedin i'll go there in there and do a specific uh filter search and i will find all of the clients that i have uh for example that are in the permian basin which right now for me would be well over a thousand clients customers and so i i never heard and then if i have a cancellation i'm able to backfill that cancellation and the other thing that i like to do is if it's within eight hours of, of my home base here in houston or kingwood i like to make that drive because when i'm in the air at thirty-seven thousand feet in that airplane that was built by the lowest bidder i'm looking down over areas where i really need to be stopping in and seeing customers so i try to drive as much as i possibly can I agree with you on the driving, a lot of windshield time. Of course, I love to hear that, somebody who produces podcasts, because we've done very well with our podcast numbers in the oil patch because of those reasons. I mean, you know as well as I do, sometimes it takes two, three hours just to get to a well site, let alone right. let alone a meeting. And, you know, and that means there's a lot of um, executives as well as a lot of, um, you know, people who work on the well 
there's a lot of diverse people who are now open to podcasts and they, they need their hands in, in my, you know, their eyes to drive. So it works out pretty nicely on that. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. I want to share something else with yeah. you, if you, if you'll allow me. One of the things that, that I think about a lot and have for a lot of years is the sales cycle. We talk about the sales cycle and it, it involves everything and it's, it's a, it's a never ending circle, obviously. And, and follow up is one of the key things. I mean, we talk about, uh, you know, getting the appointment and showing up for the appointment, doing the PowerPoint presentation, uh, death by PowerPoint in some cases, but, uh, everything right to the follow up and beyond. But one of the things that I like to do is I like to shorten or abbreviate things where I can. And so I've come up with a formula called FIBA. That's F. E-B-A, FIBA, and in the military, that would stand for the forward edge of the battle area, but in the sales process, it's facts, evidence, benefit, and agreement, and this is an easy way for a salesperson to uh, calm their nerves, if you will, when they first go in to see a customer. And also keep them on track with their sales message. So, you know, they go in and they share the facts about the companies that they're representing. They give the evidence. That can be anything. It can be brochures. It can be a website. It can be a PowerPoint presentation. Uh, it can be a satisfied customer, anything like that. And then the benefits, you want to point out the benefit uh, to the potential client, you know, what the benefit is to them and, and to their to their company. And many of these guys receive their annual bonuses based on how much money they save uh, their company and so it's easy to to share uh share that benefit and then the last step and maybe the most important step is to get that person shaking their head north and south in other words saying yes and uh so that's a that's a simple method that uh, a lot of these folks can use i do a lot of public speaking around the country and overseas and so i get to go in and do motivational talks for different companies and, and stuff like that and and i work i work upstream midstream and downstream and i never ever thought that would happen but that's where i'm at today anything that we missed anything we want to reiterate anything that uh you know we want to make sure we talk about here before we get going with our our other days i guess you know that we're talking about when it comes to modern day sales some of the changes that have happened and specifically even in, when it comes to the oil and gas industry yeah i would just say the only, the only other thing that i'd like to mention at this point is never assume don't assume uh, that, that you're not going to get the opportunity to, to close a sale. And then also during the sales process, uh, when you're doing your trial closes and the customer comes up with an objection, uh, the important thing there is not to shut down, but the important thing is to make sure that you've identified what the true objection is. Because a lot of times they'll throw up a smoke screen. And uh, so you can just restate what they have uh, given you as an objection and make sure that you've, uh, that you've got the crosshair properly on what the real objection is many times they just don't have the authority to buy and sarge summers how can people get in touch and uh, contact you if they want your sales services and your actually it's a uh, sarge's industry solutions services that's right yeah that's right and uh, they can reach me uh on my cell phone would probably be the best way that way they can either call or text i love the text my number is 832-544-6836 and my email address is sarge at industry solutions, that's plural, dot com. And that was Sarge Summers with Sarge's Industry Solutions. To listen to the full-length interview or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. The Multimedia Cafe is part of the Crude Life Media Network. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter. All of those social media links 
And the YouTubes are available at thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. We have over 350,000 subscribers, followers, supporters at the Crude Life Media Network social media network. Boy, that's redundant. I got to fix that. We have over 350,000 supporters, social supporters here at the Crude Life content social media network. Okay, we got to put that into wordsmithing. Do we have a wordsmithing department yet? Well, we should. Yeah. I know that's not a thing, but, you know, there's a lot of things that are not a thing right now. I mean, that's what's going on. The not a things are winning. So we got to have a not a thing. That's get get your not a thing going. That's right. I'm yelling at the intern. That's that's who I can yell at these days. You know, as the host, who, who can you yell at? You're in charge. So you got to yell at somebody. Intern. That's what you're here for to get yelled at. I'll apologize later. No, I just did on the air. Why not? Okay, so we're going to take a quick break. We come back. Mr. Tom Petrie, right here on the Multimedia Cafe. And my name is Jason Spies, and you're listening to the Multimedia Cafe. After a hard week's work with a man, a mighty fine melody. Welcome back to the Multimedia Cafe. My name is Jason Spies. Thank you, folks, for pulling up a stool and joining the conversation here at the Multimedia Cafe, a place where you never know who you're going to run into or what we're going to talk about. Coming up next, Tom Petrie, chairman of Petrie Partners. That's interesting. I'm not, I'm not sure what, what that is. Uh, the uh, the senior partner there used to work for me, uh, Arjun Murdy, uh, was, was, was with me in my old days at Petrie Parkman way back uh, a decade or more ago, um, but yeah, look. The I think there's a broadening recognition that this is the most exciting uh, single project for development uh, in the country. Why do I say that? Uh, because uh, the the overall resource potential is probably somewhere between two and four times Prudhoe Bay in Alaska. That was the largest discovery ever made in the Western Hemisphere. Um, uh, and uh, with, I, with an exception or two in Venezuela. Uh, so so it's a, it's a world-scale opportunity. It is uh, capital-intensive to develop, and so it's sensitive. If, if prices collapse, uh, activity drops, and we saw that in 2008 and 2009. But um, the likelihood of uh, prices operating in a in an acceptable range, uh, most of the time for uh, the Bakken is very good. And uh, the one thing we learned from the experience in 2008-9 is when prices collapse the way they did with that economic meltdown, uh, it becomes powerfully self-correcting. You know, it, uh, the activity that's going on here and elsewhere would not be going on at this level if oil were at 70 or 60, but also. Um, uh, it becomes very self-correcting pretty quickly. So it is good. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we've, we've, my colleagues and I have been active in the Bakken for a long time. Uh, and before that, I've been active in my career uh, in the Williston Basin. I moved to Denver, Colorado in June of 1980. And the first deal I was involved with doing for First Boston then 
involved selling about 100 and 140, 130 or 40,000 acres uh, here in the Williston Basin. That was back in conventional days, uh, very different than the kind of situation we're talking about today. Is, is, it, I'm sorry, is there a price point that you guys are following for the price of oil in terms of the Bakken? I've heard anywhere from 75 to 85 bucks. Yeah, I think that's still a sweet spot. Yeah, um, the problem with oil, and you can see it, I published a book earlier this year called Following Oil, and the problem with it is it overshoots on the upside and it overshoots on the downside. So there'll be pressure points, but uh, but I would say uh, certainly 80 to 90 is a very good sweet spot. The The issue at 75 is less the, the point price of 75. If you break 80 and you move quickly, in other words, we're talking about the second derivative, the rate of change. If you move quickly from 80 to 75, the market's going to extrapolate and say, well, we may go to 70 or at 60. Um, and so... You know, you do get those kind of situations, but but uh, I I really believe that that uh, call it 75 to 85 is a good range. You know, uh, that, that happened just a couple of years ago, didn't it? Um, I think oil fell to 85 or something, or maybe it fell to 84. The market got really worried that it was. Yeah, it, it actually it fell even faster than that. Um, in, uh, in I was on uh, CNBC on about the 2nd second, second of July in 2008, and oil had gone to 147.50 uh, a few weeks earlier. Yeah. It was down to 125. And I very brave, I mentioned this in my book, I uh, thought I was being very brave, uh, and I uh, uh, predicted that it was going to be, it might go to 90, it might go to 80. Well, it did. It went through those like a hot knife through butter, and, uh, and it bottomed out at 35. Now, it was a very, very short period, and, and as uh, uh, Harold Hamm has said, um, uh, and I was in, uh, you know, they, they cut down, and, and, you know, Continental cut down their, their rig activity as soon as that happened. So did everybody else. But, um, you know, they, they, people talk about low-cost Middle East oil. Well... To develop the oil itself, it is low cost. But I've, I've you know, been over there a lot over the years. Uh, one of my prior firms, I was in, uh, I and my colleagues were an advisor to the uh, foreign minister of Saudi Arabia. And the thing that comes through to you is the way to think about Middle East sources for the exporting countries is what does it cost to develop their oil and what does it cost to finance their social needs, because this is the main way they can finance their governmental needs and their social needs. And when you do that, most of the calculations that people come up with, uh, the Baker Center, I think at Rice University has done this, and some others have as well. And the Saudis, it might be $75 to $80 oil. Uh, for the Iraqis, it's about 85 to 90 For the Iranians, it's over 90 90 95 so what you end up with is, is prices that, that for long-term sustaining of their, of their economies and their economic and social stability in, those, in that part of the world, they have prices that are very similar to the prices that we need to develop the Bakken or the Eagleford or the, uh, or the Permian Basin. And that's something that I think people are beginning to recognize 
the idea of cheap Middle East oil is, is pretty much behind us. Um, you've got to look at the all-in costs uh, to run the country of those exporting countries. So given where the Bakken is in its maturity cycle yeah. of the, the play, yep. where, where does that leave m and within the Bakken? What do you see as the next stage? Um, the, you know, the, the, there's already been quite a bit. We, we work for um, Anschutz on their sale to um, uh, Occidental Petroleum and so on. And, of course, as Brigham was bought by Statoil and so on. I, there's been a, the M&A activity has tended to be more asset rationalization at this point. And, uh, and at this stage, I, 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 I think that'll be... That'll continue to be the, the focus of attention. And that was Tom Petrie with Petrie Partners. To listen to the full-length interview or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. The Multimedia Cafe is part of the Crude Life Media Network. Check us out on Facebook, Twitters, YouTubes, all of those social media links we have through the Crude Life Media Network. So go to thecrudelife.com, click on the social media tab, and all of these social media links are right there. 350,000 social supporters we have within our network, so we appreciate it very much. And that's going to do it, by the way, for today's program, today's Multimedia Cafe. We thank you very much for joining us here on the program. Sarge Summers of Sarge's Industry Solutions as well as Tom Petrie, the chairman of Petrie Partners. Thank you very much for joining us on today's program. If you're listening to us on the radio, thank you very much. We'll be back tomorrow at this time on this radio station. If you've downloaded us via iTunes or you're listening to us streaming on the interweb, thank you very much for allowing us to be part of your content selection. There's a million places to get content and a million different ways to get content. So we appreciate it very much if you're joining us via the radio or podcast or online, however it is, thank you very much. From the staff here at the Multimedia Cafe, my name is Jason Spies asking you to savor life and enjoy the spice. For the glory of the risen King Savior, He can move the mountains My God is mighty to save he is mighty to save forever, author of salvation, heroes and conquered the grave, Jesus conquered the grave, shine your light and let the whole world see, singing for the glory of the risen King, Jesus Shine your light and let the whole world see. Singing for the glory of the risen King. Savior, He can move the mountains. My God is mighty to save. He is mighty to save. Forever, author of salvation. Heroes and conquered the grave. Jesus conquered the grave. You're my savior. You can move the mountains. God, you are mighty to save. You are mighty to save forever. Author.
author of salvation. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. I totally agree with you, and the word that you brought into this is fact. You tell the facts, and then you let people make up their own minds. If you want someone who's competent, you don't want to get a bunch of rookies. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Um, Jason, what's your thought on this? No one does an interview like Jason Spies. 